I'm Jess. And I'm Danny. And we're next. Neonatal experience therapists. Welcome back to our podcast. Hello, everyone. We tonight are going to talk about neuroprotection. You're probably wondering what is neuroprotection? Neuroprotection is protecting the brain, which sounds crazy, but when you think about it, it's most relevant from that 22 to 32 weeks at which point the nervous system is more developed. However, the brain is not. So the brain has its largest time of growth in the third trimester. If you were to see a picture, and this shocked me the first time I saw this picture, of a 32-week brain, it's smooth. It doesn't have all those sulci and gyri that we always think of when we think of the brain. Those all come in between 32 and 40 weeks. So prior to that, we need to keep that baby calm in the NICU. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what that looks like. We're going to talk about what we call stress signs. We're going to talk about how we can interpret them, what we can do to prevent them and help your baby. Um, We're not really going to get into the different systems tonight because we're going to do a podcast on each system. So we'll get into more detail then. But... Oh, were you about to say something? Oh, no. Sorry. I was going to let you finish. Oh, sorry. (laughs) But we are going to just kind of give general information. Um, One of the things that I know I, I was surprised to learn from reading the research was that the pathways that go from the skin to the brain that bring pain to the brain, those develop around 24 weeks. However, the pathways that go from the brain down to modulate that pain don't come into play till around six to eight months of age. So those babies in the NICU, they interpret everything as pain, which I was surprised. Yeah, um, and really with these babies that are born that early, they're not supposed to be here yet. They're supposed to still be in your womb. And so all this stimulation they're getting in the NICU um, with the alarms going off and um, people talking a little bit louder around the bed um, or around their their room Um, also the increased light that they may get all that is stuff that they wouldn't have got gotten in the womb and so um, we are wanting to kind of educate you and inform you on ways to help minimize that stimulation for your baby so that their brain can develop right and of course you want to check with your nurses and your NICU before you do any thing that we are suggesting and also you know ask your therapists in the NICU if they're available or your nurses about this because every baby's different some babies are what we call very decreased stimulation they do not want anybody in there touching them any little thing can set them off so especially the the ones that are born between 22 and 25 weeks those are going to be the babies that are going to be the most um, what we call tenuous or what we call you know where they're very minimal stimulation and depending on their stability meaning you know their medical stability and how their breathing is doing and um, they the nurses may not want you really touching at all because we want them to stay as stable as possible their medical stability comes first before before all right so how can you tell if your baby's stressed? Let's talk about that. You can look at their vital signs. Their heart rate, it'll either drop or it will go very, very high. 
their breathing might go really high or very shallow. Right, or their oxygen saturations may start to come down. Um, I know that that's a big one. Um, and that's that percentage that you see up on the screen, um, which you know has a lot of the, the, the waves. You'll see the wave, we say, we call it a waveform. So um, that can sometimes come down when they're overstimulated. Right. Some of the motor signs that they do, we call it motor signs, are things like sticking their arms and legs straight out, um, spreading their fingers apart, which we call it splaying the fingers, arching. Can you think of any that I'm missing from motor? I mean, even sometimes yawning is considered yes. a stress cue or sneezing. Um, or hiccups. hiccups. Hiccups, yes, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, those aren't, I guess, motor, like you had mentioned, but some other motor ones might be, you mentioned the finger splays, um, saluting is what we call it, but it's like holding their hand up over their head or, yes. you know, straight up. Um, and it's like, they're not saying hi, This they're saying, I'm... I don't feel great right now. <laughs> right. Or even when they stick their fists straight out. Uh-huh. Like yes. the Power Rangers symbol. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, they're not giving us a fist bump. They're telling us, hey, I'm overstimulated. Right. I'm overwhelmed. Right. So what can we do for that? Well, we're here to tell you. Yes. Um, and so some of the ways that you can help calm your baby or keep them calm might be when, um, again, you have to ask your nurse first, but when they come in and do their assessment and their cares, um, you know, their blood pressure, their temperature, um, you can try to help them stay calm by putting your hands over them, um, one hand over their chest, like with their hands, bringing their hands or keeping their hands at midline, or which is at the middle of their chest, and then either bracing under their feet or putting your hand under their feet, or also you can put your hand on top of their head um, to give them what we call containment. Um, and also, well, I also like to say static touch. So containment with static touch, which means not moving your hands around, keeping your hands in one place to keep them in that. And that helps keep them in that calm, what we call regulated um, state. I like to think about if you're tucking them back into that quote-unquote fetal position that mm -hmm. helped calm them when they were in the womb. Right. So that's, I always think about tucking their little legs up and, you know, and like we said, keep your hands calm because if you're moving your hands around, it's very excitatory. Think about when somebody's like stroking your skin, it sends all those nerve impulses to the brain and it just gets you very riled up and excited. And it does the same to them. So if we're trying to calm them, we want to have just some nice, quiet, static containment. Right. And also if, you know, if the nurse is changing their diaper and you can't do that. You can, you know, tuck their feet. You can keep your hand on their chest with their hands in midline or even just hold their hand. So right. with them holding your hand, that's a coping strategy. That's yes. them calming themselves. Self-calming, yes. Um, you can also, you know, some of your babies may have, you know, either a blanket to swaddle or they may have another device, not device, but um, positioning. positioning, positioning device. device. We'll, we'll do an entire oh, yeah. podcast on positioning but devices in the NICU. They have something that will wrap around their arms either you, and you can actually help them keep their arms in that middle position of their chest by only keeping the part of the blanket on the top there, but also putting your hand on top while their diapers changed. Um, and that will help keep them calm. So the positioning devices, and like I said, we'll do a whole podcast on that. The idea with positioning is when we do our podcast on positioning, we'll get into more detail, but 
we want to keep them as close to how they were in the womb as possible. That's right. the feeling we're going for. Right. And that's going to protect their brain um, and limit that stimulation that they're getting, um, limit the stress that they're getting, keep them in that good, calm state, and to keep their brain at a, you know, at a level of... Um, well, I think what we're trying to say is just keep them calm and keep their brain from having the negative effects of the NICU, things right. such as can, can long-term effects. So we're trying to somewhat, not compensate, but I feel like kind of... Um, Recreate. Re- yes, um, you know, and help them um, to give them some of that positive stimulation, help them to feel calm, even though they have all this negative stuff going on, basically. Right, and, and I, you know, we use the term negative stuff because it, it's not quote-unquote normal for them. But it's all necessary. They have to have the monitor. They have to have the heel sticks. Right. But we just want to make sure that none of those things long-term affect the brain. We want to make sure that it keeps growing and developing in a positive manner. Um, you know, when they're getting a heel stick or blood draw, you can hold their hands. Mm-hmm. You can do that containment. And your scent and your touch, they know that. They know that it's you versus a therapist or a nurse. And so... That's something that can help calm them because right. you are their biggest calmer. And just like using your voice. They know your voice more than anybody else's. Um, and talking to them in a soft voice or even reading them a book softly next to their isolate, um, you know, as long as they're able to tolerate it, um, is very, very calming for them. Right. They can actually, all of the structures of the hearing of the auditory system are developed at 24 weeks and they just fine tune four to six months. So they can hear, but we do want to keep it soft because right. anything too loud can damage their hearing. Right. And we just... Another way to protect their their brain and is and to keep them from being overstimulated is uh, protecting their vision. And, you know, from all the way from 22 weeks all the way until we're talking about 22 to 32 weeks today, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so all that time, we should be making sure they have a cover over their isolate. I mean, I think... And the lights dimmed. Um, you know, some nurses will turn on the lights to do their cares. Um, however, to limit, we need to limit that amount of, of um, visual stimulation that they're getting because their eyes don't develop there until 38 weeks. Right. And they don't even have the pupillary reflex right. to protect their eyes. So they can't protect their eyes. And, right. you know, that's when you, you, you know, you don't want to have, you know, visual impairments later on. So we're trying to protect their vision. Right. So we can even cover just... Because the nurse does have to see what she's doing for her pairs. But we can even cover over their eyes on the isolate if that, you know. Yeah, on the isolate or even if you do have your, if if your baby is stable enough and your nurse is okay with you putting your hands in and doing that static touch and that containment, you can even use your hand to kind of cover their eyes, mm-hmm. and you'll notice yep. that you know it, it. They may even open their eyes a little bit sometimes um, when you have that that light covered because they know that that's you know they're protected and they don't you know their eyes aren't able to um, react like they should to light. But if you cover that, sometimes they'll open up. Yes, that is very true because yeah. their eyelids at twenty two to like I would say about 26, 28 weeks. They're very thin, right. so that light just penetrates right in there, and they can't protect them. But like, if you, you know, we were saying, if you cover those eyes, they probably will open their mm-hmm. eyes, and 
they can't really see, but you know, they might right. start looking around a little bit and right. exploring their environment some. And that's a positive it is. stimulation it's, for them. It's showing you though that they're in a good calm state when that when they do that also. Right. That's our goal is to get them to that nice calm state and to keep them there because everything that happens is necessary. And we just want to make sure that you are equipped to assist in calming your baby. And again, just talk to the therapist, talk to your nurses, make sure they're all okay with all of this. But you are their their biggest cheerleader. You are their best calmer. Right. And you'll start to learn, you know, when your baby's stressed and you'll see, and it'll be exciting when you, when they actually open their eyes, when you're providing them with some of this positive stimulation and you're able to um, help calm them. I mean, it's something, I mean, parents in the NICU, I mean, they just want to help. They want to be there for their baby. And I think this is a way that they can be involved a little bit as long as there's the baby's stable and that the nurses are, are okay with it. Right. And your baby needs you at this time more than ever. Right. So. This is your way to get in there and help out and do that. And so if you have any questions or you want to have a topic that you want us to go over, you can email us at jessanddanny at nextpodcast.org. That's J-E-S-A-N-D-D-A-N-I at nextpodcast.org. Or you can find us on Facebook. We are under Neonatal Experience Therapists. And, and then on Instagram, you can find us by typing in next dot Jess and Danny. So it's next dot J E S A N D D A N I Jess and Danny. Yep. So hopefully you understand a little bit more about neuroprotection and ways and you, the importance of it. Correct. And and ways you can help your baby and why your baby's doing those things that they are doing. Why they're showing those spreading their fingers why they're hiccuping and sometimes hiccups are just the hiccups or right. yawn is just a yawn but it it can be a sign of stress right so every time they hiccup or yawn it doesn't mean they're stressed out but we just want to make sure that you understand your baby and you are there feeling comfortable helping them and we want to thank you for listening to us and we hope that you have a great week thank you talk to you next time bye